Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I'm your host, the Cajun Libertarian. Glad to have each and every one of y'all with us. As always, you are very special and spectacular, and I cannot thank you enough for being here with so many shows all the time. It's just incredible. My mind is blown every single time I get on here. Thank you so much. Tonight, we're going to be talking with Nathan Moxley, who is the Communications Director for the Texas LP, and wondering why they have such phenomenal success over there with their messaging game and hoping that everyone else is going to follow suit. Also, we have the Kick Rock segment. We're going to spend a little time with Brian Scott Lambrick. And yes, of course, we will absolutely get to the new segment of How Is That Racist? next on the Cajun Libertarian Live. Real quick, before I forget, do not forget, as I almost did, I'm hoping not to, to give us an Anchor FM call-in moment on the Cajun Libertarian, please. That will be fantastic. Uh, we, You can dunk on me. You can ask me anything you want. Uh, if you want to ask Brian a question or Nathan a question, please get those in immediately because those are going to be uh very necessary in the next few minutes if you want to ask them specific questions or if you just want to have a bunch of fun then obviously you know you can call in anytime tonight and i will get to them at some point tonight but if you have specific questions for nathan and what's going on with the texas lp messaging then please do that now if you have questions for brian scott lambrick please do that now all other things can wait as long as the episode is going and they will upload i would very much appreciate if you call in with an Anchor FM call-in moment, that would be fantastic. Um, you can donate to the show and help us all out, my entire team plus me, uh, at PayPal, CajunLibertarian.com, or I'm sorry, PayPal, the Cajun Libertarian. We also have the website, CajunLibertarian.com. Let me show you real quick. We have some brand new merchandise. Yes, that is a real T-shirt, a picture of a real T-shirt, same Cajun time, same Cajun channel. We also have the uh, meet them where they're at. And what's the other one? A little Cajun spice makes Liberty real nice. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. But there's the new slogan. Loving that very much. Can't wait to get my own. Got to buy my own. So I'm right there with you. So please buy some merchandise. Donate to the show. Also, uh, my team is going to post in the comments. Oh, there it is already. That's very long. That's what she said. But if you click on it, it'll take you right to uh, the GoFundMe for the family that Jason Lyons is representing, right? Uh, that's a huge deal. He's doing a big thing for them, and that family needs it very much so. That link will be posted, or I'm sorry, it will be pinned to the top. And so please, please, please donate and help us out. If you remember last week on Muddy Waters Media, 
Um, I, my camera's going fuzzy. What, 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 what is going on? If you remember last week, we did the spice, or I didn't do the spice challenge because I'm not dumb. Jason is. No, he's not dumb. That guy's brilliant. Even though my beard is better, he is brilliant, and he is helping out a, a family in need. Please help them out big time. Um, let's see what else we got here. We got you got the PayPal, you got the Stripe account. You can find on Clubhouse, I guess. I have stripes everywhere, but you can catch the podcast now on basically anywhere you can watch your podcast or listen to podcasts. Sorry. You got um, <clears throat> Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much everywhere you can have your podcast. Tomorrow night, we have Matt and Spike coming on Muddy Waters Media, traversing the muddied waters of freedom, which is always a phenomenal show. I love being a part of that. Also call into their acre call-in moment. Then <clears throat> Thursday night, you've got, I'm not sure what's going on with not a real libertarian in their schedule, so don't ask me. Please, I, I, Chris has got a tough work schedule. I feel for them big time. And so we'll, we'll get that schedule locked in for them. But you also have the writer's block with Matt Wright. Wednesday, sorry, I passed up Wednesday, Spike Cohen with, uh, with the show that he does. And I never remember anything that Spike does. I'm just kidding. It's called My Fellow Americans. And then Thursday, you have the writer's block. You also have the Eskimo Libertarian show, which I'm pretty sure she's picking back up. After her amazing um, review and and just in depth analysis of what happened with the the mass graves with the natives up in Alaska, Canada, all over the place, really, but phenomenal there. She took a little bit of time off. She's coming right back. And then we also have to our sponsors. Let's see. I got to scroll through all. You know what I need? Who wants to be a producer for free? Because I need somebody else to do all this stuff while I talk and run my mouth. Anyway, high-end bags and accessories. Fierce Luxury by Ashley. FierceLuxuryByAshley.com. Fierce Luxury is a high-end bag and accessories consignment store based online. They carry the hottest brands like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes. Consign with them for a 30% fee, 20% less than most consignment stores. Find them online at FierceLuxuryByAshley.com. Facebook and on Facebook in their exclusive group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Ashley is my teammate, and please help her out and help yourself out by getting a nice bag or nice consignment opportunities. That's for sure. Real quick, Jason Lyon, this family in this situation has the backing of everyone on the Muddy Waters team. 100%, no questions, absolutely. 100%. Not a real libertarian is on this Thursday. Yeah. I don't know their schedule. Sorry. We will uh, figure it out. Steven says I have beard envy. You should. Excuse me. <coughs> so I do have another sponsor, Vid Debate. I need uh, a little bit of a condensed situation for them. But Vid Debate is a friend of mine, Brian Lamar who is an award-winning journalist. I've had him on the show. He's the vice chair of the State Party of Libertarian Mississippi, and he has also pitched in to buy sponsorship on the show for uh, all the way through December. Vid Debate's a new app that he's created himself. 
is actually it's it's pretty ingenious, and I'm I'm loving what he's got going on with vid debate. He's going to get me a very condensed, precise uh, definition of what it means to be on vid debate. But what I know, yes, James, thank you, Brian Rocks, absolutely, dude's great. From what I know, it's going to be basically like you can put your question out there. We can all debate on it. Uh, anybody can debate as long as you're not being completely out of control. Then you won't get booted. Uh, I think it's a video debate, video debate, and I will get more information on that as soon as he gets it to me. This is all in the groundworks. Very much like this show here. Very much like this show here. Uh, if you're just now tuning in, look, I just started this thing in April, and here we are broadcasting all over the world, quite honestly. I have people that chime in the comment section that are from all over the place. We did an analytics. I, I say we. I can take no credit for this. There's an analytics breakdown of who watches the show the most, and believe it or not, Texas is number one. Uh, hooray, Texas. Yep, Nathan down there giving the, the high five. Texas is number one for the Cajun Libertarian Live, and then it, it, it gets off into some a couple of other states, and believe it or not, international. I mean, it's crazy. Like the top ten is, I, I think, three or four of the top ten are countries that are not ours, which is wild to me, just absolutely wild to me. And this is all because of y'all. And so I thank you very much. Let me get out of this portion of it and get into what we have going on next. So what we have going on next is I wanted to bring on Nathan Moxley, who is the communications director for the Texas LP. And as y'all very well know, I've, I've talked to Whitney Billu twice now, once as the Texas state chair of the Libertarian Party, and then again last night as the Texas state chair of the Libertarian Party, plus the chair of the Libertarian National Party. Now, what I like about what's going on in Texas and their messaging, their internet game, is why I brought Nathan on. Like I said, just now, and hopefully I'm, I'm not sounding arrogant. I don't mean it to be, I promise you. I'm, I'm very stunned and floored that I have the audience that I do, especially in such a short period of time. It's crazy. But there's a lot of people that watch this show from all over the country, and like I said, all over the world. We've had some not-so-palatable messaging coming from places, you know, kind of everywhere, here and there. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that we, we need to chastise them or anything like that. What I want to do by bringing Nathan on, and, and I'm getting to him here in about 10 seconds, is I want him to showcase to us what it is exactly that Texas does well so that the other states, including me, myself, uh, I'm not a state, but you know, a representative of the party and messaging how we can be better and how we can be successful like Texas is. Because, look, go check the stats. If you want the facts, check the stats, check the math. They're there. Texas LP is killing it, and I want to know how we can all do that. With that being said, let's bring on Nathan. What's up, man? What's going on, Cajun? I gotta be honest too. Um, I I don't have the beard game you have, so I completely <laughs> shaved today because I don't even want to try and compete with that. So <laughs> you got me there. I'm clean shaven for tonight. <laughs> well, you look good, man. It's, it's all everybody is. Uh, everybody's got their own wheelhouse, right? right we yeah, got the, the beard game is not mine. So um, and for everybody, and I, I would shave my face if, if I didn't have it complete as well. 
I would not uh, try to, to pull it off with an incomplete status. Luke says, my boy Moxley. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Brad says, Noel, my guy, proud of what you've been able to accomplish thus so far, brother. Came a long way from me and you debating on random posts. LOL. Facts. Facts. Brad is somebody who's uh, not necessarily part of the Libertarian Party, but I've known him personally for longer than I've had this brand. Appreciate you being here, my friend. I hope you like what you hear. Um, Nathan, can I call you Nate? Nathan, Nate, Nate works. Listen, my so my best friend, I'm not going to say, but my best friend, when I first met him, I told him my name is Nathan. To this day, it's been 10 years. He calls me Nate every single time. Nice. I've never corrected him. I, you know what? That, that's whatever, man. Nice. <laughs> I'm good either way. I'll stick with Nathan then. So, uh, <laughs> Nathan, you are the communications director for the Texas Libertarian Party. Yes, sir. You guys have the gold standard of messaging on social media. I have a graphic here, but before we get to the graphic, I want them to know a little bit about your background and who you are and what you've been able to, or the team you've been able to establish around you. Sure. Yeah. And before I even dive into any of that, I, I don't want to take any credit for this. Like seriously, uh, the stuff that my team is doing is phenomenal. These guys are absolutely killing it on, on every as aspect, uh, you know, every facet they've been put into. Um, you know, when you first reached out to me and asked me to come on the show, I'm like me, like you want the guy behind the curtain? Like, I don't, yes. I don't do <laughs> I don't do any of this. Like I put people in the right places and let them, I enable them. But uh you know, uh, my background, uh, I went to, to K-State uh, in Manhattan, Kansas. I'm a, I'm a veteran of the Air Force. I was actually part of the Space Force before it was uh, the Space Force. I was part of the Space Command out in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, small business owner uh, for a long time, sold my business a couple of years ago. And, uh, and I'm focused on, uh, on, you know, being a husband and raising my kids right now. I got four kids uh, from the ages of 22 to 10. And so... Uh, Nice. Uh, that's my focus right now. But uh, what I what I first when, when I first got into the Libertarian Party, um, I just really wanted to get involved in my local chapter, right? My my local affiliate, my my county. Um, so I started going to meetings, and next thing I know, I'm running for office. Uh, next thing I know, we've got an executive spot uh, open uh, on the Texas executive um, team and uh, the, the the state. Libertarian Executive Committee. I run for that. I win that. Uh, and uh, and then uh, Whitney and I developed a little bit of a relationship and um, we had a, an opening for a communications director. And I was having a conversation with her and I'm like, oh, I don't really do social media. That's, that's, that's not my thing. Um, but if you need somebody with some leadership and, you know, that, that's organized and can put people in the right places, I guess I could I guess I could do that. And, uh, and she said, Hey, let's go through the interview process. I went through the interview process, interview process. And, uh, and here I am now as, uh, as the communications director. Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty wild how quick we, we tend to escalate into these positions. Right. Yeah. But it, it's a little bit more wild for, or maybe, maybe I'm self projecting here. I don't know. Um, but for, to be the communication director for, Texas Libertarian <laughs> Party. I mean, that's that's massive. And the the results show. I guess I will go ahead and show it. I wasn't trying to get there that 
quite yet. But, I'll but you, you, you even mentioned it last night, though. You talk about imposter syndrome, right? Like, I totally, yeah, I, I totally feel that. Like, so I'm like, I don't have like a communications background. My, my, my personal social media game, super weak. <laughs> it's super weak. <laughs> but I, I can find the right people who, who, to know, you know, uh, how how to handle whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, like I put the right people in the right places. Absolutely, but that that that's what that is what is required in leadership, really. I mean, and I will take a little bit of pride. <clears throat> excuse me, in doing that very same thing. I believe that's been one of the biggest numerical values of my success is having such a phenomenal team around me. And so that speaks to your leadership. That, that That's a big deal. So let's look at this graphic real quick and see the success that you've had over just a very short amount of time. Walk so, yeah, it was, this, you no, it was, it was January that I, that I came on and, uh, and you can see, you know, specifically with, uh, with Twitter, Instagram's a little bit of a misnomer because we, we were just a, a little bit misleading. I should say, uh, we just really weren't utilizing Instagram at all before I came on. Um, and so, um, but I mean, if you look specifically at Twitter, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I, 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 w I wish I could give him uh, more accolades because he is absolutely uh, doing everything asked of him and some, and he's doing it professionally. He's doing it uh, in a way that represents all the libertarians here in Texas that, that we can be proud of. Who is that? Who's oh, what? never mind. My bad. <laughs> um, no, you're good. Uh, uh, look, your IG game has jumped tremendously. I'm looking at it. Uh, Facebook was already top notch. It's still growing. Twitter jumped astronomically. Year to date growth is incredible. Your year to date growth on the Instagram is stupid. I mean, that's just incredible. That's what happens you when you start that. using it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that wholeheartedly. Um, I actually just started using IG myself, and then it, it, it's doing better. We'll say like that. Um, I, I, I don't expect that it has the YTD that that you have there, because I don't have the following you guys have. But uh, just the numbers are up there, and it's not. Let me let me elaborate a little bit. I'm not just looking at the numbers here. I'm looking at the context behind the messaging. I'm looking at what's being put out on the forefront uh, of your social media game. The numbers just reflect the messaging. And, and I want people to, to kind of copy you, not kind of. I want people to, to follow your lead. And, yes, I know you're going to give a ton of credit to your team, and I appreciate that very much because I do the same thing. But at the same time, how, um, how you've gotten your team to – pump out just absolutely solid messaging that's very attractive very entertaining but yet extraordinarily entertaining but not controversial so yeah i guess the place to start on that is talk about the structure right and it's a little bit hierarchical in the way that everybody has a job to do um and and i want everybody to stay in their lane so to speak but but People, certain people excel at certain things. Um, I, I wouldn't want my Instagram person running my Twitter game. Uh, that's right. But that's just, um, 
because they're, they're two different animals. Um, but just so that you guys, so that everybody understands the way that we've kind of got structured here, um, the, the biggest component of where, where the staff works, uh, and we're all volunteer staff. I, I want to point that out. There's, there's nine of us that work on the communications team. That's awesome. And the, uh, we're all volunteer staff. And some of us putting in an hour or two a week. Some of us are, you know, putting in 20, 25 plus hours a week doing this. And um, I, I, have, I have five moderators um, that, that moderate the group, the Facebook group that we have. Uh, I didn't have the statistics up there for that. Uh, I think we have, uh, I wish I had that pulled up, 14,000 members, something like that of our Facebook group. Those are people that that are libertarians. They're not just lib- libertarian interested. Uh, yeah, Jesse, I'll get to that if, if I get the opportunity <laughs> to plug that event. Um, uh, they're not just people that are you know, libertarian interested. Uh, they are libertarians. They live here in Texas. Uh, and, and they want to be a member of that group. We have about 14,000 of them. We have five moderators that make sure that those posts are, are, are on point, on message, that we're not, we're not saying, you know, we don't have people posting some, some crazy stuff on there. Uh, the page um, is, is moderated by, by myself and one other person. Um, our Instagram uh, is currently me, uh, and, and uh, I'm hoping to get, to get somebody in there uh, very soon. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then I've got uh, my Twitter guy uh, that, that's handling our Twitter account. We also have somebody that runs our our MeWe account, um, which I think yeah, everybody is like MeWe. Nobody, yeah, I know. Uh, and uh, and then the other uh, thing that that we've got going on in our communications team, we put out a newsletter every single month to our members here in Texas. And the girl that runs that is doing a phenomenal job, just knocking out of the park every single month on time great content talking about all the events going on here in texas um and so yeah putting people in the right places to do their job and and i don't have to worry about the job getting done and uh my my you know once i've got those people in place uh putting together a strategy you know i started off with a strategy for the year hey this week we're going to talk about we're going to focus on this this week we're going to focus on this that week we're going to focus on on you know such and such topic, uh, really talking about the, the LP Texas platform, uh, is a lot of what I focus on, on, um, on, uh, on Facebook, uh, Twitter is a different animal though, because you got so many people from across the country, uh, and across the world, really. Um, you know, we, we can't, you know, if I want to talk about property rights one week and then something crazy with taxes comes up, uh, you know, Twitter's off and running with that. They're they're gonna they're gonna handle you know what's going on currently uh, in current events. Um, so while I do have a strategy, what I want to focus on from week to week, um, we're really flexible and we have to be nimble and agile and, and able to adapt to what's trending, what's popular, what people are talking about, uh, so that we can get our message out there. Uh, and, and as good as, you know, I love the praise you're putting on us. I really, really appreciate that. But I got to be perfectly honest. We can do so much better, man. Like, I know those numbers lead in every category across the other state affiliates. And, and no offense, everybody across the country, but I don't just want to beat you. I want to dominate you. And I, we can do so much better. We, we can Our messaging can be so much better. We have so many other things. Uh, we can do. I want to put together training videos. I want to start doing some more live streaming stuff. Like there's, there's a lot of things that I've got like in here that I want to do. 
uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. And I yeah, just ramped. Uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That that's what we're looking for here. I'm 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 looking for exactly what you're you're. I'm gleaning exactly what you're dropping off here, um, and I hope everybody else is as well because every i i struggle with twitter and instagram uh facebook is my following that's where i've got ten thousand likes and eleven thousand follows and um, i'm trying to do the twitter thing I, i'm struggling i try to keep up with the ig thing i'm struggling um so to to follow your your lead here uh, i love what you're i'm picking up what you're dropping off big time you know, every social media site has its own. It kind of needs its own uh, super supervision, supervision, right? Yeah, it, it's different from each platform to the next. And what you guys have been doing lately has. Yeah, I, I know you're leading and I know you want to dominate. And I want you to do that because I, I look to Texas for a lot of things. Probably shouldn't. But I do. And one of the things that I, I'm really hoping that everybody kind of falls in line with is how you package your messaging. It's not just good material. And it's definitely not clickbait. You have found like this perfect space to where you're pumping out fantastic content. And it just... It just needs to be the content that it is. It doesn't have to be clickbait. And that's what I'm looking for everybody else to follow. Yeah. So, right. There's a, it's a fine line between, you know, you, you say clickbait or, or, or being, you know, edgelord or, or something like, like there's a exactly. fine line. Like I want to engage people and I want, I, I want a little contra. I want people talking. That's what I want. I want exactly. people talking. I want people thinking. I want people engaging with the content. Um, I put out some stuff just today that I kind of was like, eh, uh, but I got good feedback on it. And it was like, hey, you know, hey, whatever. And it, it's nothing that, you know, is going to embarrass the party. It's nothing that's going to embarrass the state affiliate. Um, you know, kind of like the first rule of journalism is never, never be the story. Right. And right. I, I, when we're talking about a topic, I don't want our account or or LP Texas to be the, the topic per se. Uh, I want to talk about what, you know, whatever the issue is that we're trying to, you know, we're trying to, you know, raise awareness about criminal justice reform or something. I want that to be what people are talking about, not about, well, LP Texas is full of crap, like, well, whatever. Um, you know, I, I want to get engagement. I want to get reactions. I want to get people commenting and sharing. Um, and that that's a large reason why I think we've grown is because we're putting stuff out there that, it's not intentionally controversial for the purpose of being controversial controversial it's it's controversial because society has not necessarily thought this way about these topics the way that libertarians think about everyday issues so um so yeah so hopefully we're you know we can continue to to do it this way and and uh and when the bumps come in the road that, that we can just you know move on past them because you know, they're coming, you know, we, yeah, we, yeah. I, my email, my inbox. Oh, I, I, you get some awful stuff in there, but, uh, um, you know, that's just part of the game. That's part of that. Yeah. You know, you take your lumps and you move on and you, and you go for the, you fight the next battle. No question. The victories are there. They're tangible for y'all. And so as before we wrap up, there's two things that I want to address real quick. 
I didn't um, <clears throat> know this, so I'll, I'll let you pitch this. I, I'm going to put this comment up. But before you talk about this comment right here, there's something going on that you need to pitch. But before we get to that real quick, I'm going to leave that up. Before we get to that real quick, uh, we, I want to ask you, because we talked about this beforehand, one of the things that I didn't appreciate about some of the not-so-palatable social media that's been coming out is how our fellow libertarians and, and county affiliates, state affiliates, uh, kind of highlighted some of the not-so-good social media things. And I think we're on the same page here. If you don't mind, could you, you talk about exactly what we said as far as we praising public criticizing power? Right, so... You know, kind of a hard rule, and I don't, you know, I'm not like a, a hard rules kind of guy, but this is one of them. I, I'm not going to ever embarrass another state affiliate uh, in public. Uh, you, you can say some some crazy off the wall stuff, uh, but you're a teammate. The way I look at it, we're all in this liberty fight together, and you know, and say we're a basketball team, you throw the ball out of bounds, or or you know, or miss a dunk. I'm not going to embarrass you, man. Like that's, that's, that's not my job. That's not my, I'm doing nothing to help the team uh, by doing that. And so what I, what I would encourage people to do is to build relationships with those people so you could build them up and you could, you could say, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe this is a better way to, to get that message across. Um, yeah, we, I'm not going to we're never going to embarrass another state affiliate in, in public. Uh, and it may be obvious. It may not be obvious so far in the six months that I've been doing this. Um, but uh, you, you won't see that from us. You, you absolutely will not see that from us. We will praise you. We, we absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, when, when other affiliates are are hitting, you know, 5000, 10,000 followers and stuff like that, we're going to be the first ones cheering you on. Um, but uh, but as far as you know, hey, when you when you miss a layup, let's move on. Let's go to the next one, man. So. Yep. And one of the things we talked about was not giving, or this is my personal opinion. It's not giving the squeaky wheel the grease, right? When we miss one of our one of our peoples, even if it was maybe perhaps I have no idea, ill intended. Uh, if we miss the layup, we miss the dunk then we don't need to give that squeaky wheel of grease. We address it behind the scenes, and we want them to do better, but then we move on. We don't give that that negativity any public attention, and I think that that's crucial. I think that we as a whole have messed up on that a little bit or missed the mark on that a little bit here lately, and that's um, just highlighting. You know, we're, we're pushing the algorithm when we jump on – people that are our own when they make a mistake or, or they do something stupid. And I'm just fully against that. I, I don't want to give that stuff any attention. We want to call it out, but we want to do that behind the scenes. Absolutely. And, and just to, with what Jesse's talking about there. Uh, so yeah, I'm, yeah. All, I'm also the vice chair of my county uh, affiliate. Uh, Jesse Coward is our uh, chair for the county affiliate. And we have a really awesome uh, second amendment uh, constitutional carry uh, event coming up this Sunday uh, at Saddle River Range uh, from 12 to 2 with the and, and this is something that I've, I've kind of made a focus on um, in the in the leadership positions I've had is really collaborating with other 
liberty-minded organizations. And so we've reached out to Gun Owners of America, the Texas affiliate, and um, Felicia Bull, the uh, uh, deputy chair for Gun Owners of America for Texas, is going to come out and be speaking to us, uh, talking about the permitless carry bill that was passed here uh, in Texas during the last legislative session. And uh, we're going to be raffling off some uh, some free range time and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, so it's just a just a cool <laughs> cool event uh, being done by by my my local uh, county chapter. No, I love that. That's freaking awesome. Um, how can we promote that? Uh, I, I guarantee you, if we just mentioned, hey Jesse, would you attach the link to the uh, to the Facebook event in the comments? I, I, I guarantee you, within thirty seconds or so, she'll have that up. Uh, I figured. <laughs> That's why I said, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Our teams seem to run very similar. I, it, it doesn't take me but a second to be like, oh my god, hey, can we post that and pin it? And then boom, we've got it. And um, I just, I, I love what you're doing in Texas, man. Um, I appreciate you spending time with me. I told you before the show, I love your shirt. I thank you, man. Still love your shirt. I'm gonna have to uh, get me one of those shirts. Uh, Nathan, you are a fantastic leader from everything that I can see. And, and of course, you've got Whitney Bill, you um, on your side. So that, hey, that's kind of a big deal. Work, working, working, you know, side by side with her uh, has been nothing but a blessing for me. Uh, I've been able to learn from her leadership. And uh, she was one of one of my first close friends uh, coming into the party. We, we actually we live fairly close to each other. And that's uh, uh, yeah, she's. She's a fantastic person, a great leader, and uh, Texas has been blessed to have her since last August. And uh, the rest of the party is uh, should should feel very honored that she was willing to step up and fill the void and, and do what she's doing, uh, because I see great things in our future because of her. Yeah, and I'd be hard pressed to find anybody that's upset about Whitney being uh, called into that position for you know however long that may be, but. More importantly, for tonight, you are in the position that you're in, and for solid reason, solid reason. And the numbers show. I'll, I'll put the graphic up there for about another ten seconds, but um, oh, I don't even know. There it is. And while that's up, if I could take another five seconds to explain yeah. why e email distribution. Uh, those numbers aren't on there because we are in the process of uh, of revamping our CRM. Um, the numbers aren't easy to come up with. And so, uh, you know, I will say the word about the 40,000 range, uh, right now, give or take, there's a lot of bad data in our current CRM, uh, that's being cleaned out, uh, slowly and surely. Um, so that's why there's no email distribution numbers up there. No worries. No worries. I, I, look, what I reach out to you like Saturday or this morning, or Saturday or yesterday. Yeah. So, look, that's just how it goes. I was just excited that you accepted the opportunity to come on here and kind of I, – I, I won't mince words about it. I'm sorry. I just won't. I want all of our state affiliates to follow Texas's lead. And if you've got a better social media game than Texas, let us know. Bring it. Come on. Oh, us. <laughs> let us know. But right now, Texas is number one and. I want us to model. This is a copycat league. I want to model the success of Texas and this the construct that Nathan has put beneath him and around him. I should have said around. Sorry, we're libertarians, right? We don't like the, right. the, the word beneath. <laughs> the, the, the construct, the team that he's put around him. And, dude, I can't thank you enough, and I, I look forward to having uh, several conversations with you 
here in the near future as we grow and you guys kind of just lead the path and, and give us the ideas of how we can all individually state affiliates, county affiliates, LNC doesn't matter how we can all step up our social media game because it's 2021. This is how we do things now, especially post pandemic during pandemic. That's not going to change. So thank you for what you're doing in Texas. You're trailblazing. You're a great leader. I love everything that you absolutely said, my man. Love your shirt. Again, I had to say it. Sorry. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. Cajun. I appreciate on. the, no, I appreciate the opportunity. It was great talking to you. Yeah, same, same. I, 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 a lot of chemistry right from the very beginning. And uh, I, I love the relationship already. And I know you're very busy and just thank you for coming on and spending a few minutes with us and, and hopefully we can uh, we can look up to you and, and, and figure out across the board unanimously how to do the things that you're doing. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, Texas LP, follow them. Follow them now. Most of y'all probably already are. But okay. So, and Nathan's still at the bottom. So. Joseph Adams says, your social media game is outstanding. Yes, it is. That's why I had him on. Brian Lambert's down at the bottom. He's waiting to come on because he's very busy. And so I have to bring him on. Now he's telling me something else. But more importantly, I, 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 what is going on? All right. Follow Texas LP social media. Do it. Do it now. Look at what they're doing. Do the studying and find out how we can be successful as individuals, as county affiliates, state affiliates, and national representations of, or national representatives, sorry, of the Liberty, Liberty Movement. I'm gonna, I want to say it like that because not everything has to be tied to the party. The party represents the Liberty Movement. But more importantly, we need to pull people into the fold and create allies in order to, to, to move this, this torch forward. And so with that being said, moving the torch forward, let's spend a little time with Brian Scott Lambrick. Shall we? Yes, we shall. Brian. Uh-oh. He's got a hat on backwards. I'm concerned. Hi, Cajun. Hey, Brian. I love you. What am I doing here today, Cajun? I don't know. It's, 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 we, we have this conversation like daily. I don't. I don't know. You do whatever you want to do. What are you mad about? Are you mad about? You look mad. What happened? I'm always mad. Today's been a weird day. It's been an exhausting weekend, and it's been. I had to take my cat to the vet because my cat, one of my cats, was having convulsions, and that was very disconcerting. And she became my immediate priority for the day, so I ended up taking care of her, and then I brought her back home and. Instead of working on my computer and getting Spike stuff done, I basically lied in bed with a cat and played on my phone for about four hours. So, but I was worried about her. But I have a story for you today if you want a story, unless you want me to yell about something. But I wasn't sure what you wanted today. You I always want whatever, spend... Well, go ahead. I want whatever Brian Scott Lambert wants to talk about. See, now you say that, and then I start talking about things, and then you regret it really fucking quick. When have I ever regretted it? You're, you're a self-projecting friend. So, I want to tell you a little story. You want to hear something about the Revolutionary War? You want to learn some history? Hell yeah. Get my volume up over here. No, you're good. You sound and look great. 
It's out of the ordinary. Okay, already you're starting by lying to me. No, no, I just told you. I was honest. I said it's out of the ordinary that you look and sound great. <clears throat> Have you seen my cup, by the way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a Yeti cup. I Yeti. got it from the Jorgensen campaign. Yeah. Could not have done it without you. That's me. Thanks. So <clears throat> I want to read a proverb. Um, it's an old proverb. For want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For want of a shoe, the horse was lost. And for want of a horse, the rider was lost. For want of a rider, the battle was lost. And for want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. All for the want of a nail. Maybe you've heard people say things once in a while, like the want of a nail. It pops up in shows. Do you know what that means for the want of a nail? Um, for those of us that don't know, please explain. So the idea of that proverb is big things can happen, but when you look at these big giant constructs that happen in the world, sometimes you can break it down to the smallest thing. So the kingdom was lost because the battle didn't go well, but the battle didn't go well because we didn't take care of the riders and the riders weren't taken care of with their horses. The horses weren't taken care of because they didn't have horseshoes on them and the horse didn't stay on very well because we didn't spend the money to get the nails for the horseshoes. Uh, that's, that's what the proverb means. It means that if you're not taking the small things seriously, why can you be trusted to take the big things serious? Uh, and there's many different ways you can interpret it. This, this proverb has been told in different ways through different, uh, uh, generations and in different, um, different, different groups throughout history. But I wanted to talk about it today in the sense of something that happened during the revolutionary war. So if you could break down the American idea, everything that we have today in America, and look, we can complain about a whole list of things that are wrong in, in this country, but it's still the best country in the world, I think, to live in, one of the best countries in the world to live in. If you could break it down to like one moment where everything came together, where we could have had it, we couldn't have. We could have had America, you know, the free country, we would still be under British rule. Where, you know, what, what, what one moment would that be? Now, people can debate and they can say, well, it was this battle. It was that battle. It was when so-and-so published a letter. Uh, you know, uh, this person rode on a horse. That person, uh, you know, uh, made a declaration or published something or gave a speech. And those are all good things. But there's something that came from Illinois that is a really good story that I like. Thanks. And... I owe that story to a man named Don Parrish who brought this name to light. Okay. And I want to tell you a story about somebody named Israel Warner. Now, perhaps you've heard the name of Seth Warner, Revolutionary War Hero. Yes, no, maybe. Yes. Israel Warner was Seth Warner's son. Uh, and he is most famous for his role in the Battle of Bennington. Uh, Battle of Bennington was part of the Saratoga campaign during the Revolutionary War. And it took place on, I got the date here, August 16th, 1777. And it was near uh, Bennington, Vermont, where it was named after. <clears throat> uh, the battle was considered a turning point in the war because after it had happened, the, uh, uh, the rebels had won. And uh, after it had happened, they managed to reduce uh, the British army down by about a thousand troops. Um, it 
changed the way people had looked at it, sort of like the Gettysburg of the Revolutionary War, right? Once Gettysburg happened, it was the first time Robert E. Lee had lost. It was the first time Robert E. Lee was technically an aggressor going into a Northern state. It was the first time that uh, the Union had started going on the offense and and chasing them. It was just a, a big change in the Civil War. And this is the, the small battle of Bennington that was looked at that way in the Revolutionary War, because when it happened, the American population decided, well, Maybe, you know, this isn't the side we want to be on. Maybe we don't want to support the British. Um, after after uh, uh, they lost this battle, the Brits were out of a lot of supplies that they needed because we were able to snag them and take a lot of it from them, a lot of their, uh, their animals, a lot of their provisions. Ultimately, it led to the defeat at Saratoga. Uh, and Saratoga that happened shortly thereafter, well, that's when the French looked and said, hey, you know what? These rapscallions here just might pull this off. We're going to jump in and help them, right? So you've got the revolutionary America fighting for its independence. And we desperately need that French assistance. The French come in because they see us win a big battle at Saratoga, but we couldn't have won Saratoga if it wasn't for the smaller battle at Bennington. But how did we win that battle at Bennington? Well, Seth Warner uh, was in Vermont and he saw where the British troops were at. And he realized that, you know, we have a moment right now where we could overtake them, we could beat them, and we could take their supplies because it was a small amount of men, but they had all the provisions, everything that was going to back up oh, who was a general, general, uh, uh, I'm going to get their name wrong, General Burgoyne's army was about to get a lot of provisions that were going to beef them up and make it much harder for them to fight in the long run. And he thought, you know what, we've got a moment right now. We need to do something. Uh, Israel Warner was his son, and he was nine years old and had been brought into the war to join the uh, the Green Mountain Boys, which was the name of Seth Warner's little you know division or whatever you want to call it. Division's not the right word. These, you know, these are men of dozens and maybe a couple hundred. <clears throat> but nine years old, being in a war was not really that out of a thing you know back back then i mean I'm, I'm sure if there were democrats today that could recruit nine-year-olds to go off and fight battles for them so that they could you know but then they'd be losing out on their tax base i don't know it, it seems like something <laughs> our government just hasn't found out how to do yet um but back then you know that was a thing where it's like hey we're going to give the gun and you're going to go out there and you're going to shoot that jerk that's coming on our property so seth warner said we need to get uh re you know we need to get um some reinforcements here and General Stafford, I want to say William Stafford, was several miles away. It was about a three or four hour horse ride. And he took his best horse that he had and he put his nine son on it, because the lightest, and he would be the fastest. And he wrote down a message with the coordinates of where they are and what they need and said, I need you to bring this to General Stafford. Make sure he gets this message and then get back here and let us know he received it so we know how to proceed. And Israel Warner, at nine years old, did this run all throughout the night, got there very late in the night, delivered the message, turned around, came right back on that same horse. <clears throat> and by doing that, Stafford was able to bring his troops up in there just enough to beef up what General, uh, what Seth Warner had, able to beat the Brits, steal the provisions they had, and use that and those weapons and those horses and all the food and everything to win the Battle of Saratoga, which in turn caused the French to join our side. 
which then led to us winning the Revolutionary War uh, in the long run. So if you could take this whole revolution, everything we have in this country, and break it down to just one little moment in the war where anything could have gone one way or the other, I like to think of it as this nine-year-old kid on a late-night horse ride, riding through the dark. All you've got is the moon. You've got the stars. There's there's no streetlights. There's no highway. There's no toll bridge. I'm sure the Brits had a toll bridge, but he found it. There was none of that, just this nine-year-old kid riding on a horse for six, seven, eight, nine hours throughout one night to get a message in order to make this thing happen. And I love that story. And Seth Warner was so important to this that General George Washington had never forgotten about it. And it was years later, uh, 1784, 1785, after the war, that Seth Warner had passed away. And at this point, Israel Warner was probably uh, uh, in his teens, and he left his widow behind with, you know, his several children. And George Washington, in September of 1789, had gotten wind that Seth Warner's family had gone broke, they'd gone poor, and they couldn't pay their mortgage, and they were going to lose their home, they were going to lose their land. And this bothered him so greatly that he personally went out to the property to talk to the widow. And this is written down in an interview that was given by Israel Warner's older brother, that General George Washington came out there and said, I heard this is what happened. I could not end the war without Seth Warner at my side, without him as, as part of this, opened up his personal, uh, you know, change, per took out about $900 in silver and gave it to her to pay off the debt, to pay off the mortgage so the family could keep the home. And Israel was young. He was a teenager. He remembered this. <clears throat> and I think that says a lot when a general and a president of the United States will go out to help pay off your debt because your father had died and succumbed to injuries and wasn't able to, uh, to help take care of his family past that point. Israel himself, however, ended up moving west into Illinois, lived until he was 93 years old, and died and was buried in what is today Kane County. I want to say North Aurora is where this is. And uh, <clears throat> a gentleman by the name of Don Parrish, who, lifelong member of the Libertarian Party, founder of my old chapter, the DuPage Libertarians, which predates national <laughs> and Illinois. Uh -oh. <clears throat> I always got to plug that. I'm very proud of my chapter. We're very I chapter. would be too. Uh, let me see. It is at Big Woods Cemetery. It's in Kane County. He's a member of the Fox Valley chapter of the Sons of the American Revolution. And about 12, 13, 14 years ago, he found the gravestone of Israel Warner and his family. And it was a tiny little gravestone. He took pictures of all of it. He's like, you know what? This person who died at 93 years old here in Illinois back in Vermont when he was nine years old, might have been the linchpin that helped us secure winning the American Revolution and giving us this great experiment that we have today uh, that we call the United States of America. And he raised a bunch of money privately and was able to get him what he felt was a proper headstone worthy of that man. And you can go see it today in North Aurora at the Big Woods Cemetery. It's in Kane County. You can look it up online. You can find the address. You'll find a lot of information about Seth Warner online, but you don't find that much about his son, Israel Warner. You can look it up. You won't find much of it, and it'll probably take you back to uh, Don Parrish's website and the information in the cemetery. But that's why I wanted to tell this story, because not a lot of people know about it, and I find it incredibly interesting. 
And I wanted to share it with your audience today because they'll probably never hear the story or read about it anywhere else. No, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I know firsthand you are a huge Civil War guy and I, uh, your your ex- expertise in that subject field is Wow. Well, that's I mean, Civil War. This is Revolutionary War. I'm not that good at the Revolutionary War. I, I get names confused. Civil War, I'll fight yeah, with you. But, that's uh, yeah, I, I mean, I get it, though. You're a big Civil War guy with your uh, Joe Jorgensen Yeti 20 cup, um, which which by extension, look, yep, couldn't do it without you, Joe. Uh, <laughs> look, you're... you're, you're you're a big history guy. Let me say it like that. That That's more important. You're a history buff. And these stories are absolutely phenomenal. That's it. They're phenomenal. If that's you want I'm me to rage about something, you got to think of something quick, man. Oh, no, you're good. You're way over time. I figured I'm over time. I'm sorry. I don't mean to suck up so much time on your, uh, on the second that you don't give me, sorry. but if you're going to, Okay. If you're going to invite me on your show to talk about something, I want to make it something worthy. So that's why I wanted to sh- share the story of Israel Warner today with anybody who's watching and cares and wants to listen. So I knew it was a factor when we started talking about doing this segment. I don't care. Everybody loves to hear what you have to say. And your segment just now proves why we all love what you have to say. I will ask you this question because that seems very funny to me. Claire Bell asks, ask him about Tennessee drivers. She's doing this on purpose. She's downstairs and she knows she's going to start hearing me yelling upstairs. (laughs) She wants you to rage. Yeah. I mean, look, if you get off, if you get off of here, Go through the comment section. You've got a phenomenal amount of questions in here. In Are they all trying to find things for me to complain about, get my blood pressure up right before I go to no, bed? Is that what this no, is about? No, I'll show you. Look, I'm gonna show you one before you get off. I thought the Green Mountain Boys were Ethan allies. Allen. Ethan Allen, yes, they were. Ethan Allen hung out with Seth Warner. Every time you look up Seth Warner, Ethan Allen's name is mentioned. That was a good call. That was that was good that you caught that. <laughs> I knew you would know it, but that's what I'm talking about. Go through, I know you've got some some things to go do with Spike and all that, but yeah, actually I do. I gotta I gotta refill good. my iced tea and I, I gotta go over. Spike's gonna be at Freedom Fest this week. He is yeah. one of the main event speakers that got added just at the last minute. It's that's a whole other story, but he got added to Freedom Fest. He's speaking not tomorrow, Wednesday night. Wednesday night is opening night at Freedom Fest, and then he'll be taking part in a couple panels on Friday and Saturday. He'll be attending some of the late night parties that they have on Thursday. So. I don't know if a lot of it's going to be streamed online or not, but uh, if anybody's going to be out in Rapid City, South Dakota, Spike will be hanging out at Freedom Fest for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I think he comes back on Monday. So if you're in the thrilling, action-packed city of Rapid City, South Dakota, go hang out with Spike. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Joseph Adam says that was a great story. I'm telling you, get Thanks. in the comment section, bro. Look at all this. Oh, I like that. That the payroll might still be buried somewhere in the Carolinas. That's great. Your wife says, (laughs) next time. 
Yeah, Claire wanted me to wait. The problem with Tennessee drivers is that they can't think more than one or two steps ahead of what they're doing on the road. You would never want to – playing these people – I can't imagine anybody here ever playing chess because they can't think more than one or two moves of what they're going to do. They have no idea what a turn signal is. And they are so grateful down here in the fact that they don't have to deal with red light cameras like you do in Illinois or Chicago. Every time you want to make a right turn, there's a yield sign, so you can just go. They've got all this freedom to just go and move around here in Tennessee. And they abuse this by sitting around and hovering between two fucking lanes, not knowing which on-ramp or off-ramp they want to use and just kind of camping out in the middle between different fucking lanes. They can't make decisions where they want to go. They're even worse at the drive-thru. Like I pull up, I already know what I want to eat when I get to a drive-thru, if I even eat at a drive-thru. Hey, I'm pulling up a Chick-fil-A. I'm pulling up at White Castle. I already know what I want when I get there. They pull up and it's kind of like, oh, hey, welcome to White Castle. Hey, how are you doing? Oh man, it's a beautiful night tonight. I love how the weather is. Yeah, I know, man. I can't wait to get off work tonight. It's going to be great up there. Yeah, you're going to have a great time out there and the sun's just set. It's beautiful, wonderful night. Yeah, man, so what's going on with you? Oh, you know, just picking up the kids, going to get some dinner. Yeah, I'll have a number six meal. Like, what the fuck are you doing this for? Order your damn food and go. I don't know why people (laughs) fucking do this. That doesn't happen in Chicago. I'm not used to that. In Chicago, we move at lightning speed. And down here, it's like nobody hurry. Like, nobody has any place to go. They have no obligations. There's nowhere they need to be. I don't fucking understand it, Cajun. What's going on? We got places to be, but we're going to take our time getting there. I don't understand that. I, oh my goodness! All right, I gotta let you go. We, we, we go, we're gonna pull up at the yeah. stop. We're gonna pull up at the stop site and roll the window down and say, "Hey, your mama named Darren." I mean, that's just what we're gonna do. It's yeah. the hospital. You, but you love us, though. You just, you, you're just too. You. This is your personality. You're in a rush. I love the land. I love the beauty down here i love the hills i love the mountains i love the air i love the rivers and the streams and the lakes the drivers are balls it is a i don't know what i then we found out that 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 drivers that's not a requirement down here which at first i'm thinking okay well good i don't want that many state regulations the state doesn't require that high school kids take driver's ed but holy fuck does it make sense you know what? Dry, uh, uh, auto insurance was the only expense that, that went up for people when they came down here from Illinois. All the expenses came down. The taxes are lower. The cost of living lower. Everything's lower. Auto insurance goes up. Yeah, because they drive like idiots. I got to let you go, Cajun. I got to get to work. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Brian, I love you. You are the man. You are loved all around the country. Your uh, working activism is unparalleled thank you so much thank you for coming on my show yeah uh you know every monday spending time with brian lambert thank you my friend catch you later yep see you brian lambert you get it you got two sides of brian right there um let me let me clear something up here i do not vet anything that brian talks about prior to coming on the show I don't vet anything, to be honest with you. Uh, I just let it happen. And Brian is an exceptional human being. He may not be the most palatable with his uh, vulgarities at times, but the dude is brilliant, and he works harder behind the scenes than just about anyone I know. There's a handful of people I could just highlight right there with him. But that dude is brilliant. You saw it. He's a historian. He's going to tell you he's not a historian. 
but he is. Uh, his Civil War knowledge is next to none. Uh, I've never met anyone like I know he was talking about the Revolutionary War and he wants to degrade himself, but I will not let that happen because his, his knowledge on history is phenomenal. His passion is drive and his character is his personality is fantastic. So thank you, Brian, for coming on. Claire is his wife. And so she has every time, every single opportunity to drag him. Yeah. She is going to Janice. Good for you, Cajun. Go with the flow. F-L-O-W. Thank you. That is kind of my shtick. So moving on with the shtick, let's get into our next set. We are already over an hour, right? And there's still a lot of viewers, uh, a lot of commenters. I just can't believe I'm even in this position. Claire, we love you. Thank you for putting up with Brian, and thank you for making him the man that you have. Happy anniversary. I think it's like right now or very, very soon for y'all, 19, 20 years. I mean, it's incredible. Phenomenal couple right there. She is also a phenomenal libertarian and libertarian or liberty activist. With that being said, let's move into our next segment. And we're going to keep it quick. Matter of fact, you know what? Let's take an anchor call-in moment, shall we? We have one, at least one. Just one. I did not vet it. I literally just said that. I didn't uh, remember I wanted to do this. I just told you that I don't vet anything. So here we go. This one is from Jason Lyon, the not legendary beard. Because I am the legendary beard of liberty. You can see that by the facts right there. So let's listen to what Jason has to say. Because he is also a phenomenal human being with an almost phenomenal beard as mine. Hey, Cajun. It's Jason Lyon, Mr. Merck of the Beard of Truth, the legendary bearded bro from Mighty Waters Media. I want to thank you for this episode tonight. But I have a question for Nate. Um, you've, As this episode has unfolded, you've kind of showed us that you are a great leader by knowing how to move pieces around, move people around, um, to utilize them um, to what they were passionate about. And, and clearly the metrics that have been put up have shown that you're very successful in what you're doing. And so my question for you is as a leader, do you have any tips and tricks that um, we may learn from so that we can all become better leaders in our own lives? And uh, I want to say thank you again for all that you're doing and for spreading the message of Liberty and all that you've done. Thank you so much for the time and thank you for the show tonight. Cajun. They love appreciate y'all. Jason, you are the man and look, I do have a, a <clears throat> Jason and I probably have a bit of a bromance going on. In my defense, I did text him as soon as I got that Anchor FM message and said, is this a question for Nathan? I need to know right now. So that's definitely your fault. That is not my fault. That's probably a little bit of my fault. That's all right. Um. I will have Nathan answer that question. I feel like he did answer it, but Jason, I am sorry for not being able to get that answer to you while he was on the air. Oh, 
Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Nathan Moxley is still there. I'm going to play that again, and uh, Nathan can respond in the comment section. Now I have to find out where that went because I hate the internet, which is weird because almost everything I do is on the internet, but I don't know how to use it. I'm just being honest. I feel like I've been honest this whole time with y'all. I will not stop now. So now I have to figure out where in the hell that stuff comes from. There we go. Play it again. Hey, Cajun. It's Jason Lyon, Mr. Merck of the Bearded Truth, the legendary bearded bro from Muddy Waters Media. I want to thank you for this episode tonight. But I have a question for Nate. Um, you've, As this episode has unfolded, you've kind of showed us that you are a great leader by knowing how to move pieces around, move people around, um, to utilize them, um, to what they were passionate about. And, and clearly the metrics that have been put up have shown that you're very successful in what you're doing. And so my question for you is as a leader, do you have any tips and tricks that, um, we may learn from so that we can all become better leaders in our own lives. And uh, I want to say thank you again for all that you're doing and for spreading the message of Liberty and all that you've done. Thank you so much for the time and thank you for the show tonight. Cajun. They love and appreciate y'all. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I was expecting <clears throat> Jason to dunk on me there. And so that's why I, I felt pretty bad that I didn't get to him in time for Nathan. Nathan is still in the comment section. He says, I don't really think of myself as a leader, so thank you. My biggest tip would be listen more. I feel like there's a little bit more fleshing out needed there, but Nathan is on Clubhouse, and we will get him more active on Clubhouse because I talked to him beforehand, before this, and said, hey, Clubhouse. And he was like, yeah, I'm there. I just got to do better. So Nathan will do better on Clubhouse, and he will talk to us about how he is able to, uh, for lack of a better term, herd the libertarian cats that are helping him run social media over there in Texas, which is the gold standard. I will not mince words about it. Texas, Libertarian Party, social media game is the gold standard. Get on board, please. I'm doing my best to get on board. Nathan is at the helm of that under the tutelage of, or under the direction of, I mean, basically he's doing, you know, him and his team, but obviously Whitney Bilyeu is right there. Uh, look, I'm going to leave the Anchor FM there for just a second, and then I'm going to switch it over to, right now, I'm going to go to this one. So please get your Anchor call-in moments one more time, right back to it. Call in anchor.fm. That being said, we're moving on very quickly because we are an hour and 10 minutes into this. And I did not expect these shows on Monday nights to go like this, but they are going like this and they are going extraordinarily well. So we're going to keep on. But I'm going to be very short in my last few segments here. And so. With that being said, I want to talk to y'all about an article that I read from the Washington Post. I can imagine you probably know where this is going, and you are correct. How is that racist? It's not, but we're going to get into it anyway. 
The title of the headline says, Perspective, Stop Calling Food Exotic. Now, I snatched a few paragraphs out of this article that were actually applicable. The rest of it is trash because that's what journalists do, right? Writers are very good at prefacing their article to get you emotionally engaged into the article and to make you feel a certain way. Reporters do the same thing. I hate the fact that I hear the email ding in my freaking ears while I'm trying to do this. I'm sorry. That's what they do. That's what media does. They get you to engage emotionally first. They get you to feel a certain way to steer your emotions and your brainwaves into a certain direction. Go back and read the article. Perspective, stop calling food exotic from the Washington Post. Washington Post will tell you everything, right? I mean, good God. That is a dumpster fire of a failure of anything that even resembles the, the any words close to journalism. They are far from it. That's a far cry from journalism. But we're going to have a little fun with it anyway because they are dumb and we like to poke fun at them. But I just do very much like to point out the fact that that's what this media does. They, they tug on heartstrings. They pull at emotions. They, they steer information and their wording and their writing a certain way so that by when they finally get to whatever it is that they're trying to manipulate into their favor in your minds, you've already felt a certain way about them. And it makes that certain sentiment attach better to your brain and your heart because psychology, right? <clears throat> Perspective. Stop calling food exotic. So I've snatched a couple of quotes out of here. Let's read the first one. Shall we? Yes, we shall. The first problem with the word is that probably within the past two decades, it has lost its essential meaning. Hmm. I wonder why. The second more crucial problem is that its use, particularly as applied to food, indirectly lengthens the metaphysical distance between the one group of humans and another, and in so doing, reinforces xenophobia and racism. That's an actual quote. I'm not even going to quote the author of it because I don't care who the author is. They're terrible. I'll read it again, but I'm going to chop it up real quick. Problem with the word is that the past two decades has lost central meaning. Second, more crucial problem is that it's used particularly as applied to particularly as applied to food indirectly lengthens the meta indirectly lengthens the metaphysical distance between one group of humans and another and in so doing reinforces xenophobia and racism i had to repeat that part because i had to digest it again for like the 12th time today that is absolutely ridiculous. Please, please tell me you all understand. This is absolutely ridiculous. They are literally using mental gymnastics to tie the way you look at food from a foreign country. Foreign country. Has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with an unknown territory and unknown food. Okay? It has nothing to do with race, xenophobia, racism. It's absolute trash. It's gaslighting. 
Once again, they're trying to trigger your mind into thinking and questioning your actual state of being. Like when you walk out in the streets, when you drive your car down the road, you look at people and you talk to them and you know you're not racist, right? Or at least I hope you do. I hope that's how I feel. I don't feel racist at all. But this kind of trash tries to make you think that you are by the language that they use, by the rhetoric that they use. And the way that they lead up to it is absolute brainwashing. It's brainwashing. That's why they word things the way they do. And make no mistake, I'm not discrediting this author or this author, this writer in her ability to manipulate, manipulate, sorry, I'm, I'm a little fired up right now, <laughs> manipulate our minds and our thought processes into a way to when she actually introduces how they feel. Go read the article. Read the article. There's several paragraphs before we get to the actual content. Several. Several. The reason that they do that is to make you feel and to steer your emotions into a certain way so that when you actually get to what they want to say, it's far more palatable and acceptable. It's just propaganda at the worst. And it's division, divide and conquer. That's what this whole race thing is about. Do we have race issues in America? Hell yeah. Of course. There's real race. I, I, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. All right. There, there are real battles we have to fight. Calling your food exotic is not one of them. Neither is smiling. Apparently, that's racist. You know what? How is that racist? It's not. It's a rhetorical question. It is not. Neither is calling food exotic. It's not racist. It's called, this is the language you've used for a little while, and you didn't mean anything by it. It's exotic food to you. Exotic is a good term. Anytime you've used the word exotic, or I have, maybe I'm self-projecting, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Anytime I use the word exotic, it's a positive. It's positive. That's like, oh, I like that. It's exotic. But no, they want you to second guess every single thought process that you have because divide and conquer. Dr. Fletcher. Thank you, my friend. You are the uh, doc, get on Clubhouse. Get in with Dr. Fletcher. That dude is he's way better. He needs to do this, not me. Dr. Fletcher is amazing. Next paragraph. I have never heard the word exotic used in reference to something that is white, says Chandra D. L. Waring. Professor of Sociology at University of Massachusetts, Lowell. I have never heard the word exotic used in reference to something that is white. Because the word exotic doesn't apply to race. It's not a color. It's food. And landscape. Hoosier. Yes, you are Correct. I'm trying to cuss here. I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. Uh, I hate this. I will tell you right now. There's not many things I'll tell you that I hate. 
I hate this right here. I hate this trash that they try to push in your face and try to divide us by skin color. I hate it. You know what? There's no such thing as black or white. Did you know that? Yeah, you probably did. It's called common sense. We're all just some differing shade of brown. That's a fact. Using the terms white and black is just more division. Yes, it's easier to point out things, right? Like, did you see the guy over there? Those cool shoes. What guy with what cool shoes? The black dude wearing the Converse. Okay, that's an easy one. That's fine. This is nonsense. This is ridiculous. Don't fall for it, please. The last thing I'm going to say about this particular instance of how is that racist because it's not is her very own effing quote, which precedes all of the information that I just gave you, which is fantastic because she let us know from the gate that this isn't real. And I'm going to prove it to you. Reading the word hit me like a slap. And initially, initially, I wasn't even sure why. Did they think the dish, dish sounded odd or disgusting? These are her words as somebody put a food review out that got offended by the word exotic. She was offended by the word exotic because she didn't know how to take it emotionally. So what did she do? Write an entire effing article about how the word was racist. She let you know before she even got into it. She didn't know what the hell she was talking about. She made that shit up on the fly. She got offended and she gave it to you right there. Reading the word hit me like a slap. And initially, I wasn't even sure why. Because you didn't need to be offended. In the first place, that's why. Did they think the dish sounded odd or disgusting? No, you're just a sensitive creature that has no epping skin and needs to grow up as a human being. That's why. And that's all I have to say about how is that racist tonight. I went to Wingstop the other day. I'm at an hour and 20. I can't believe all y'all are still here. This is phenomenal to me. Went to Wingstop several times. I love Wingstop. I love wings. I love buffalo tenders. Most of you know that from my tweets. Buffy tendies. I like wings. I like buffalo sauce. I go to Wingstop very post-pandemic in the state of Mississippi. It's like three weeks ago. Thank you, Joseph. We love your show. I love you being here. I love every one of y'all. Y'all give me the courage and, and the 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 inspiration to continue to do this on so many nights a week and to continue to be here at closing in on an hour and a half now. And I've got, you know, one to two two more segment segments left. I'm trying to wrap it up as soon as possible. Uh the the racist thing just just it drives my spine. There's a lot of races. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Wingstop, by the way, decides as I'm standing in front of the guy who was fantastic, by the way, this is I'm, I'm bashing the Wingstop Corporation right now, not the dude that was working Wingstop. 
He was fantastic. They use the automated machine, right? I said, okay, I, I'm a type 1 diabetic. What do you have? So, oh, all we can say you is Diet Coke. I'm looking at the machine over there. I'm going, did you have Diet Root Beer right there? I'd love Diet Root Beer. That's a, I love Diet Root Beer. Root Beer is my favorite drink. We can't give you Diet Root Beer because we're not allowed to. Why aren't you allowed to? Because of COVID. What does COVID have to do with Diet Root Beer? Because we're not supposed to touch the machine any more than you have to. Oh, my God. It's touchscreen. You can give me Diet Coke. You have to touch the same screen to get the Diet Coke. Dude was great. Got me a Diet Root Beer. It's not on him. Love the staff. This is on Wingstop. Do not feed me this. B- this is You want to know how you can you construct conspiracy theories? This is how. By looking at a machine that you have to touch the same damn way and saying I can't have Diet Root Beer over Diet Coke because they don't want to spread COVID by touching one machine. The same machine that you have to touch to give me the damn Diet Coke. It's not about spreading a virus. It's about the fact that you didn't want to buy the necessary ingredients to fulfill the obligatory duties of giving me a diet root beer. So what did you do? Say, oh, it's on COVID. We don't want to touch the machine any more than we have to. All you can have is Diet Coke. Wingstop, kick rocks. Kick rocks. Kick rocks. For that, you can kick rocks. You know us can kick rocks. The DNC for trying to tell us that they're going to monitor our text messaging. That's a story you can look up. And then the Associated Press and with others try to debunk that by saying it was a lie. Let me read it to you. Politico put out an article saying that the DNC was going to monitor our text messaging over COVID vaccination information. And then that was, of course, corrected by PolitiFact and other organizations. The Associated Press reported on stories circulating online incorrectly asserting the Democratic National Committee is working with the Biden admin to monitor private citizens' SMS communications in a move to crack down on anti-vaccine text messages. But Lucas Acosta, great last name there, totally can trust that one, a senior spokesperson for the DNC said it's simply notifying SMS aggregator companies like those. What it believes a political mass text is fraudulent or violates the company's messaging policies. The only text reviews are those distributed in mass A to American citizens through broadcast text platforms and reported to the DNC. The White House declined to comment on the record. Of course they did. So you can kick rocks. Kick rocks. Kick rocks. Monitoring our text message and then try to lie about it with some trash. For You know what? Kick rocks to fact checkers. Kick rocks, fact checkers. I love y'all very much. Take it or leave it. That's just the thought. I'm out. I, <laughs> I probably should have said it that way. Um, same Cajun Tom, same Cajun Channel, Wednesday night, interviewing Jacob Turner. You heard it all here. I love you very much. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm out.